Well, I guess to start off with, one of the things that, that I hear people ask you about in interviews or in panels like the one they had here at the convention yesterday is uh, is about this these uh, the uh, heroic role of Marion Ravenwood, these strong, uh, thoughtful women, um, and how they admire you and so on and so forth. And on the other side of the coin, I wonder what what qualities you admire in characters in movies and TV shows that you see. What what makes someone appealing and interesting? Oh, that's a that's a really interesting question. You know, I, I have to say, you know, my all of my early. Uh, uh, you know, fascination with actors in television. Um, you know, I had a major kind of thing for Katherine Hepburn. Um, I just, I loved her, the sharpness of her mind and her wit, and I loved the kind of energy that she had. And um, and then I had another thing for Audrey Hepburn, who I, I just loved her. There was a kind of grace about her and a, a sort of an aura. Kind yeah, of a, she was sort of you know she just had this lovely. Sort of she was like a gazelle, you know. Yeah. Um, and then Liv Ullman was a, a major, major uh, actor who I just loved how you could read so much in her face when she. I mean, she could say a lot when she said nothing at all. You know, like the camera. Bergman just would like leave the camera on her face and you could almost like it was almost like you could read her thoughts by watching her face and and her feelings and there's, there's that amazing stillness that you get in the cinema of Bergman particularly with Liv Ullman that that is is the sort of thing that you get more of in the theater where it's that yeah. live experience and the silences are really what yeah suspense but, but the difference of course is you know in, in a film you can be in a close-up whereas in the theater it's very I mean the only people who have a close-up experience are the people in the first two rows or something <laughs> everybody else is at a distance yeah, in, in the movie you, know? you see the, the tear welling in, in yeah, the woman's eye where exactly exactly you know, you're, so I think, you know, I've had, there have been a lot of actors over the years that fascinate me, um, you know, who I just love to watch. But um, I would say for me, it's, it's, it's a, a lot been more about the actual actor and their approach to the character than necessarily a type of character. Like, I love, you know, I, I love you know, broken people, you know, in films. And I love, like, strong characters in films. But, but you know, it's it's not so... As long as it's... I just like the humanity being there. I like complexity being there. I like, you know, it not being a black and white Everything having character. to be archetypical. Yeah. I like people... I like the contradictions. As a professor of theater, are, are you on the performance side of things? You know, dramaturgy, what... In, in, in terms of you know what what you do as a professor, what what areas I work with young actors. So I work with actors, you know, people who want to be professional actors, and s some of them, you know, because they're very young, some of them maybe they don't want to be professional actors, but they're going to study acting while they're in college, and it is it'll it helps them grow and expand and know themselves more and helps them learn how to be comfortable with like public speaking and. Um, so I would say, you know, when I teach a class, 
maybe a third of the kids might actually be able to be professional actors if they if that's what they really choose to do and some of them you know have no interest in being professional actors at all and some fall in between you're not quite you're not quite do. sure what direction they're going to go in but yeah. yeah so i mean you know some of them are you know physics students and they just want to study acting because it it interests them and they have the opportunity to, to do it while they you know while they're there, it's an elective, and they just, you know, it's something they'd like to explore. In terms of, of multidisciplinary interests of your own, have you found that, that something that wasn't explicitly acting training or drama training of some sort um, was, was influential on you in, in your creative life? I, I majored in anthropology, for example. Well, yeah, I mean... It was a really interesting insight into various things. Yeah, I have a real, real love of um, literature, which is very, of course closely aligned. I think one of the reasons that I got drawn to acting is it seemed to me that it pulled together a lot of different things that I was fascinated with in life. You know, I loved reading. I loved going like into stories. I loved, you know, I didn't, I hadn't had that much experience reading plays at the point in which I wanted to be an actor, but I then began this process of madly consuming, you know, uh, plays. I would just, I'd, I'll take you know, all of Ibsen home. Yeah, exactly. I would like, I'd literally read all of Tennessee Williams over a period of a couple of months, and then I'd read all of Strindberg, and then I'd read all of, you know, um, what are you going to do this weekend, Karen? Going to the beach? No, I'm going to, I'm going to start Summer in Smoke. Or Suddenly Last Summer. Yeah, I know. I read plays all the time. I mean, I, I always, I never travel without two or three plays with me because I always, I, and plays are the kind of things, when I'm going to direct a play, I usually read it about 20 times before we have our first rehearsal. And I just spend a lot of time and I make a lot of notes and I really sort of, you know, kind of, absorb the play and get it really under my skin so I, I really understand it and I begin to develop an approach to it which then becomes a collaboration when the actors come into the process but but um, you know it's a it's a yeah it's something I love is there a play in particular that sticks out to you in that process of rereading that really significantly changed for you over over that series of rereading? Something that you, you found an added layer of depth to or uh, maybe a character that you didn't appreciate as much on first reading that did something different for you? Well, I, I, it almost always happens with a play. Um, you know, the, for instance, this play Moon Children by Michael Weller, which I, I started out working with um, at, at Bard College at Simons Rock with these with kids in the in my class and then we did a production of it there so it started out there and I think maybe the first four or five times I read the play it's a complex play and it's a big cast of characters so it takes a while to really start to get a sense of who they each are individually and how they interact with each other it was fascinating because when we came to casting it to do it professionally, to do an equity production of it. Thank God I had done the play before because even the casting director had a diff difficult time keeping the characters apart. So often somebody would come in, you know, like a New York actor would come in to read for one role when I would know instantly he wasn't right for that role but he was right for another role. Or, And so th that, was, that was really interesting because it's one of those, it's a play that has a lot of layers and complexity and the relationships between the characters are very complicated. So, you know, you have to get to know them really, really well because once you get down to casting, 
you have to be clear about you know what the qualities of that character are. Usually as a director you sit down for your casting director and they'll ask you to write out a description of each character. Just so tell me what you want. Well, it's like it's the qualities yeah. of the person. Like who is what is the essence? Like if you were going to describe, you know, your friends, like what 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 would you say about them in 10 sentences? So, I mean, with our friends, we know them really well, but yeah. I mean, with a character, you have to get to know each one of them as as you know as deeply as you can. So, speaking of your friends, you mentioned yesterday uh, Jeff Bridges' band, uh, The Abiders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I saw them play Austin City Limits. I'm, I'm oh, from you did? Austin. Oh, cool. And it was it was unreal getting yeah. to see him play in, in in a different kind of a kind of an arena. Yeah, it, I just saw them a, maybe a month ago in New York. What, they were fantastic. Had, had you, you seen them before? No, play? I'd never seen them before. I I had some. Um, you know, Jeff and I, when we were doing Starman, we, we ha he had like a little um, recording studio that he set up in his trailer. And we would go in and kind of play around recording songs. And because we had started our very first two or three days of shooting the film, we did the, that sequence where we sing Dream, Dream, Dream together yeah. from, from before his death. Um, and we found that our voices harmonized really nicely together. So we started playing around with songs and things, and we had a grand time doing that. And then uh, we did a professional recording of it in New York for the. It was released as a as a as video. A yeah, oh, what kind of? Yeah. Video single or I, when the I don't know what we when call the film these came anymore, out. Right? Well, you know, it was like on MTV or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I I, uh, I don't want to take too much more of your time, but going back to the plays uh, as a. Men of the theater myself, I'm always curious, especially if you're a big play reader, um, pieces of work that, that may be by well-known playwrights or uh, have a, a big reputation that you think is underproduced, that you, would, that you would like to see revived more often, whether it's, you know, academically, whether it's in regional theater, you know, through equity. Yeah, I mean, I can think of a lot of them. There's a play I absolutely adore that's called Modigliani, which is people think it, it's like must be a biography of Medigliani, but it's not. It's it takes, a major walking around takes and place a in four days, and it's a little window into this painter's life, and it really is at a moment of true despair in his life, in which he contemplates suicide. He contemplates. He destroys all of his paintings in the play. Um, he's trying to figure out how to move forward in his life. He's has he's filled with regrets that he never had a child. You know, and it's it's a fascinating study of an artist, the struggle to be an artist against all odds. Um, and I'm particularly always been very fond of Modigliani as a, as a painter. But I saw this play when I first moved to New York to work as an actor, and it was a brilliant play. I went back and saw it maybe six times, which I've never done with any other play in my life. Um, and I would love to see, I'd love to do a production of that, of that piece, direct it. Um, so, you know, that's one I don't think it's been done for many, many years. The playwright wrote two or three plays and passed away. Um, and um, so, you know, as, as a playwright, he never really got his He didn't his get his due. Tennessee Williams-like no, arc of lots no, of No, 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 but he's a wonderful writer. And um, so that's one. I mean, there's a lot of plays. I have a real thing for Curse of the Starving Class, Sam Shepard's play. Um, 
it gets done fairly, you know, here and there, but I don't think but it's been done in New York. Everybody pulls True West out of the drawer and says, Let's Yeah, do yeah, True yeah. West. Well, I like True West it's too. It's great. Um, but Chris and the Starving Class is a particular favorite of mine, and I'm, I, you know, I'm always sort of looking for a venue to do that in because I'd love to work on that play. Um, Frankie and Johnny, I'm going to do this summer, which I love. There's, I have a long list of plays. There's a lot of plays I really love. Well, to, to close yeah. things out, uh, you mentioned that that moment of, of despair being being part of this Modigliani play, and I wonder, working with young actors, when when you feel them getting to a point where maybe they're not sure how they want to proceed, if they're the people that are more on the track of wanting to really become professionals, or maybe maybe not right. go that direction, how do you how do you see your role guiding them? at those points is that is that the time when when you say hey let's talk after class or you know maybe uh you know see your advisor about something what what do you what do you find yourself doing in guiding these these folks when you when you well, feel that's that a, that's a great question um i here's what i try to do is i try to allow them to choose material for themselves and i find that often they will choose the right material for themselves. They'll choose a character or a scene that has a, a seed of something that they are really struggling with in, the, in their lives and in themselves, something that they need to explore. And very rarely do they choose something that's over the top, like scary, that goes in yeah. a direction that they're afraid to explore. They'll choose something that is just in the right direction, you know? And then I try to help them, I give them the support to actually realize it. Like sometimes, you know, I'll work with young people who have a lot of anger in them. Um, maybe who felt very oppressed in their families or whatever. And they'll invariably choose a role for themselves in which somebody is, is trying to overcome their inhibition to, Get, get that out of their system. And then I just try to help them breathe, be present, and allow themselves to actually experience what's going on inside of them. And it's, it's, it's often a real revelation, you know, not only for them, but for, you know, the other actors that they're working with. There's nothing more inspiring than young actors seeing other young actors be brave. You know, be brave in in in, because you know, in, in that age, in the you know, in the late teens, you know, a lot of times emotionally people are very closed off, closed off, or, or caught up, or you know, they they don't want to be exposed necessarily. They don't want all of that, you know, uh, uh, sadness and frustration and anger. They'd rather and, avoid the confrontation. Well, they just, they don't necessarily want people to see what's going on inside of them. Yeah. You know, they, they, they're coming out into the world and they're sort of dealing with kind of, you know, this protective layer, you know. But generally people who are drawn into the world of the theater or acting are people who want to explore what it would be like to take that, that mask off and see what's underneath of it. So, you know, I, what I want to do more than anything else is help them do that invite them to do that in a safe environment you know which is what we try to create in the classroom you try to create a safe environment where they feel that no one's going to judge them in fact quite the opposite you know i remember as a young actor the first time that i really broke down and sobbed in a scene 
I think I was so, it just happened very organically, and I was making a connection to this piece of writing. And when it was over, I kind of found myself looking at the people who had been there witnessing it, and they were, I was feeling, I felt so vulnerable, and they were like, wow, that was fantastic. You know, there was a kind of connection that had happened, yeah. and it was, it was, you know, you don't necessarily expect that, you know. Most of us grow up in a world where it's, you know, we feel like when we show our true emotions, we're going to be judged in a negative light, you know. Uh, you know, I don't know, a lot of families are like, you know, it's like, stop crying, stop crying, stop doing this, stop doing that, stop don't yelling, be a child, stop. Don't yeah, do this. you know, you're, we're, we're tapped down. And certainly, you know, in school, that's true. You're not allowed to, you know, you're just, it's a sit, we, we grow up in a sit down and shut up environment in this. You know, we're constantly being yeah. told to sort Hector, of like Hector behave. We should hector ourselves in, and yeah. when we don't, how dare we? And, you yeah, know, and, I, and I like to invite them to not behave, to yeah. to explore, to kind of, you know, be very in tuned with their own impulses, and to not be afraid to allow themselves to be as angry as they have the capacity to be angry and be as heartbroken as they have the capacity to be heartbroken. I, I think we should all experience those aspects of ourselves because if we don't, I think we, you know, it's like living in a bottle with a stopper in it, you know, it's, it, you kind of want to, I love to help people find their larger selves, you know. It's like, I think that's a more interesting way to go through life. Those moments of catharsis are, are <laughs> yeah. what makes it all worth it. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, you know, to, to put put what a lot of people put at the front at the end. Um, yeah. Seeing the kind of honesty and truthfulness and directness of self yeah. that you put into roles like Marion. And I, yeah. I first saw Raiders of the Lost Ark back to back with Scrooge on tape. And I thought, who is this woman? She's the most. <laughs> This woman should be in everything. Ah, that's so great. And, uh, and it, it's it's a testament to to your remarkable talent and bravery to give in and let it happen. That that so many people admire just everything. Thank you so Thank much. You. Thank that's you. lovely to hear. Yeah, good. I,